Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 126 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. Jacob, it's been, um, it's definitely been a pretty rough week, I would say. Everyone obviously knows at this point, but, you know, for us on the show, it's fresh, but Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty big bummer for the middle of the week here. Well, as someone who signed her own mortgage and wouldn't have been permitted to without a husband or father as a co-signer, yeah, I'm, I feel that. I feel that deeply. Oh, yeah, I can imagine, especially considering that's probably where we're heading again. Well, Good let's times. not say that, but look, I, she's on my mug today. I haven't she used does. this mug in a while, but my Descent mug is back out. Um, and then also really unfortunate news, news that, you know, upsets people, gets people on the street was the Breonna Taylor verdict. Um, the Kentucky grand jury indicted the one police officer, but not for her death, but Possibly. for pretty much damaging some drywall. Yeah, basically maybe killing somebody possibly question mark is basically what he got charged with so that's definitely upset um a lot of people and i think the last few months in general have seen a massive change in dialogue regarding how we talk about police brutality and the very existence of police themselves Mm -hmm. um i don't know where you'd have to be to have missed that conversation that's been going on and as we come to a crucial turning point in this country and we're facing kind of overdue conversations, I think it's important to reexamine how media and entertainment can shape our perspectives. Um, yeah. So Hollywood kind of reckons with its role of glorifying police, which was how I think a lot of films and TV shows started out. Oh, especially before like the 70s. That was pretty much you wouldn't you would never say anything bad about police. In absolutely. Movies. Absolutely. But now, you know, Hollywood is kind of tackling systemic corruption and police brutality head on in films. So because that is what is happening in pop culture right now, that is what people are talking about and marching about. We were like, sure, we're going to talk about some of those films that kind of tackle that. So we got the baddies films. Highlight the bad cops. And unfortunately, a lot of the times the bad cops are actually some of the more interesting characters in movies. No doubt about that. Does not change their overall horribleness. Yeah, especially like the cops in these films. Like these are the ones that you're like, I can't look away, but I should because it's terrible. So we thought that we'd go into those. People also just love these kind of movies so uh, you, i know i love one of these ones and you are gonna absolutely hate it i already know it's coming. thanks for already setting me up uh, for it's, that it's too early to put stress on you i want you to know it's coming i don't want you to be <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's kind so i think i'm gonna go uh, maybe it's not a direct order but i think the last two that i do are gonna be my my worst oh cops of all i like how we're we're teasing stuff for the yeah let's the just let's just get into it Almost also like we know what we're doing a lot of times, too, I'm like, oh, this is a great character, but I didn't love this movie. I actually think all of these films are really, really good, too, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, that's great. That's a rarity. <laughs> that's great. Maybe one is not as good, but here we go. So the first one I want to talk about is the film Rampart. 
that's where we had Woody Harrelson as Dave Brown. Did you see Rampart? Came no, out in 2012? I, no, I didn't. But I You d- never did. No, and I remember the cover very much. You never forget a bald Woody Harrelson. You don't. So this is in 1999, Officer Dave Brown, again, Woody Harrelson. He's a 24-year veteran of the Los Angeles Police Department, and he like follows his own code of rough justice. And a number of years earlier, he was implicated in the death of a serial rapist. Okay. Um, but his violent tendencies kind of once again land him in hot water when there's a video of him beating a suspect and that plays all over TV. So that's kind of the premise of the film. No, that sounds familiar. Dave Brown, racist, sexist, homophobic, um, and his life unravels as his beatings of black and Latino suspects and his murders for money <laughs> finally like catch up with him. Imagine that. In the film. Yeah, exactly. He is the complete package so far as like nasty human beings He's go. Kind kind of like the prototype for your bad cop, I would say. Yeah, I mean they go they go um pretty deep with that, but while his violence is kind of shocking, mm-hmm. it's not as bad as the fact that he seems to truly feel that this is the job that he is paid to do. Oh, well, yeah. So, you know, so then you're like, oh, well, it's not just this person. This is like a, a system that needs t- to be looked at. So they do a really good um, job of that. I would say that this is a remarkably compelling film. Mm-hmm. Um, his character, I mean, it's tough. Woody's great. Well, I mean, Woody's he always good is. At, at a bad guy. Oh, for it, sure. it, it's basically his best thing. Did he, does he do his um, his angry Woody Harrelson voice? Is he <laughs> like a little bit down and just kind of like holding it down a little bit? Maybe a little bit of that. It will truly be a planet of bad cops. He's very different than the cop he played on True Detective. Is it really? Well, yeah. no very, Alexander very, Daddario tends to different. make me a little bit more depressed. I'll tell you that much. Okay, so what else do we got in the bad boys, bad boys? <laughs> I got one for you that I know you're going to love in a movie that I'm sure you never saw. I'm going with the old B-movie 1988 schlock classic maniac cop michelle i don't even know what a schlock classic means it means the kind of movie that jacob likes (laughs) that you absolutely hate i'm glad i have a word for it now yeah so this actually became a series so there's three of them and basically it's just about a cop who returns from the dead and then goes around killing criminals (laughs) and it is i'm trying to be real here i'm pulling movies based on real people what are you doing i I stand you i am it's what you call satire (laughs) all right the the truth of the situation is a little too depressing so we have to get zombie police okay so that's that that, i mean that's the plot (laughs) (laughs) plot, got it it stars uh you know b-movie icon tom akins and bruce campbell are the stars so Uh if you want an idea where the acting is at in this movie it's uh you know top tier of course but it literally is a movie about a cop who comes back from the dead and starts killing criminals and people well, trying to stop it, him. I, that sounds like a good cop. It, well, he, it depends on your thing. It's another, that's what, see, that's why it's a good movie, Michelle. He's like, well, is he really a bad cop? Oh, am I going to have a real moral dilemma watching Maniac Cop? Nah, sounds, that you, sounds real. You absolutely <laughs> will not have a problem with it. But if you're looking for a good little kill time, you see what I did there? Kill time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Go watch Maniac everybody. It's my Jacob pick of the week. Okay, Jacob pick. Let's not make that a thing. <laughs> we're we're going to because it's going to tell people which ones not to watch. If um, here's one um, I mean, everyone I think is familiar with, but we have Denzel Washington as Alonzo Harris in Training Day. I Yeah, I think that's one of the more famous uh, bad cops. In oh, yeah. And it's so good. Um, so it's just a police drama about a veteran officer who escorts a rookie on his first day, which is Ethan Hawke. Um, through the LAPD's tough inner city narcotics unit. Denzel Washington, who is just great in this role, he plays a jaded, super violent cop, and while he's taking this young officer under his wing, he's brutalizing criminals, he advocates um, gang use vigilante violence against each other so that they solve their own problems, he murders an informant drug dealer while stealing his money. Yeah, (laughs) all of that. All in a day's work for an L.A. detective. Yeah. And it's not only like his because he's just on a total power trip, which is not only dangerous to himself and obviously the criminals he catches, but also his partner, this poor little rookie and anyone else who um, gets in the way. You got to so. remember, this is also because he's trying to pay off a debt that he owes because he ended up killing somebody when he wasn't on the job. So that's yeah. the bad side of this. And what's great about Training Day is that this could have been just another corrupt cop thriller Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for the involvement with Denzel Washington because he works spectacularly against type to come up with one of the most memorable screen villains and what's also really interesting is that well he has said Denzel says this is his favorite character I'm not, ever surpri- I'm not surprised by that at all yeah you watch him this movie looks like he's having a blast and that he based it um he wanted it to be like really authentic. So he has the same look as disgraced LAPD officer Rafael Perez. Are oh. you familiar with him at all? No, I'm not. Oh, yeah. What this so guy do? He was a Puerto Rican police officer with the LAPD and a central figure of the LAPD Rampart scandal. Sound oh, familiar? It does. Rampart? It's almost like we just talked about that. Yeah. So he was involved with numerous crimes and corruption. He There was like theft and resale of at least $800,000 worth of cocaine from LAPD evidence lockers. Nice. He was a member of the Bloods. Is that, wait, is that like the French Connection kind of stuff too? Is like, that's kind of like what was going on with that too, wasn't it? I'm getting off topic. Go ahead. Possibly. Has been like the number one suspect of murdering the notorious B.I.G. Really? Because he was working for Suge Knight. Yeah. So when he was finally arrested, he was implicated in 70 other Rampart Division officers in various forms of misconduct, ranging from they had bad shootings, drinking while on the job, and over 100 convictions had to be overturned because of his testimony. So he is the worst and Denzel did a really great job kind of capturing that spirit for the role oh man I did not know all that that makes oh, yeah. performance even better usually you have a problem when you do a character like that but exactly but it it really helped I also think it's really funny that the founder of one of the Bloods gangs in LA um, was on set for all of the filming in his neighborhood because he allowed producers to film there in exchange for casting his gang members in the film. Okay. So a lot of the gang members that you see, that's that's their real life. Hey, I mean, that's a good move Super by the... Super authentic. Yeah, that's, yeah. A good, that's a good move by the filmmaker if you can get that deal going. Sure, sure. Okay, let's get going. Oh, I have so many more baddies. You know, now that you mention uh, Denzel, I actually have another Denzel movie. Involving bad police. That's uh, American Gangster. Oh, you love that movie. I do. I watch it a lot, man. Whenever time it's on, I always catch a part of it. I couldn't get as into it as you, but... You you gotta gotta get yourself sucked in, I'm telling you. I guess so. So, 
you know, it's a 2007 Ridley Scott movie, so it's maybe because you were bored, because that's kind of what Ridley Scott <laughs> movies do a lot of the time. But Denzel's a crime lord, you know, he starts a big drug thing. But the way you need to focus in on our topic is Richie Roberts, played by Russell Crowe, who is definitely one of the cops of the 70s who was sick and tired of corruption in New York City. I mm-hmm. wanted to, like, end it. and By he, any means necessary. By any means necessary. Yeah. And in opposite of him is actually Josh Brolin, uh, who's Detective Trupo, who is an example of all the is like basically a personification of the corrupt and you know dirty police of the 1970s in New York. So the fact that you have these two in the same movie, you have like uh, the guy who is kind of an example of a systemic, as we brought up earlier, just police corruption. And then you have one of these new guys who are coming in and be like, you know what, we need to just blow this all up and we need to um, get back to where people actually trust the police again. Mm-hmm. All wrapped in the middle of a, um, you know, a drug drama, and when you got three actors of that qu- um, caliber, yeah, definitely be enjoyable to watch. So definitely watching the um, interplay between these. I can't remember why guys. I didn't get into it. Maybe I just have to try it again. Maybe, maybe watching FX takes like no violence and no swearing kind of takes a little bit of the fun out of it oh yeah speaking of which i looked for clips for any movie on my list and i was like there is not one that really captures their performance and their character without one million swears oh of course <laughs> so I was like, That's not gonna work. swearing and yeah. cop movies they're like they definitely go hand butter in man that. That's they belong together okay let's talk about one of the big ones harvey Keitel as the lieutenant in bad lieutenant are we allowed to mention big ones when it comes to bad lieutenant if you've seen the movie you get that That is the worst (laughs) most inappropriate joke so um the lieutenant that's his only name in the film is played by harvey keitel he's a corrupt cop he's steeped in gambling debt who exploits his authority to sexually harass girls we'll say as nicely as we can embezzle money abuse drugs and then his troubles kind of come to a head when a mob lackey delivers an ultimatum ultimatum pay off your debt or it's not going to be good for you. So what you have to love about this movie, there are no moral gray areas or misunderstood anti-heroes here at all. Like Harvey Keitel's character is just a certified sociopath. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the title of the movie is Bad Lieutenant. It, <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, whether he's like he's smoking crack um, with drug dealers or taking part in a threesome while on the clock, the typical things. But he breaks every code of conduct possible for a police officer um, and doesn't really have any apprehension about it. No, I mean, you know, I, I, I got to respect that at least. The guy knows what he wants to do well, and he's, does what he likes. Yeah, he is an instant gratification person. Like, he's not just crooked cop. This kind of goes beyond it. And he's also, with all of that, and he's a dude like on the end of his rope. Who's just spiraling out of control because of these gambling debts? Well, it kind of so. happens when you're in crack-induced threesomes. It kind of tells you that you think you're at the end of your rope there. Yeah, you're kind of though when it ends, you're kind of left with pity for him. Uh, well, yeah, I a, guess, little a little bit. bit. Like, so I think that when this fil- film came out, um, it challenged less desensitized viewers with its depiction of police corruption. Like they were just like, this is too terrible and doesn't feel real. Um, but Harvey Keitel's committed performance makes it really hard to not watch. It's very like, good. Yeah, it's very good. Um, yeah, you actually kind of set me up for my next one too because they remade this movie, as you remember. Sort of. I've read that it wasn't actually a remake. It, but no, it's set in New Orleans is the new one. It's, yeah. It's same story, but a little bit different. No one could be as crazy as Harvey Keitel. And what's you, terrible for everyone on that film, he stayed in character the whole time they filmed. 
yeah, which not, must have just been awful, awful for the crew. And we forget that this, you couldn't get this movie in Blockbuster because it had an NC-17 rating. Right, famously. So they finally cut it to an R just so that Blockbuster would carry it so that they could rent it to people. The, um, the new version doesn't have the infamous scene i will just say if you've seen it so yeah we're not gonna get into it real quick but yeah they're like well could we take out the violence or we could take out other stuff some there's some bad stuff also last thing about it because i found this hilarious in turkey when this movie it was released they called it hasin police which means tough cop rather than bad because the turkish government decided that a policeman cannot be bad oh that sounds so, that sounds about right for that, Turkey. That's a thing. I was like, well, that's very interesting. So yes, no. Bad Lieutenant leading into Jacob's movie, which stars Nicolas Cage, who made in the remake of Bad Lieutenant. I'm going with Brian De Palma's 1998 Snake Eyes. Oh, I thought you were gonna go with Nicolas Cage in the other Bad Lieutenant movie. I mentioned it, but no, no. Oh, I, good. I, prefer, I don't want to talk about that movie. Yeah, I prefer his horrible cop in Snake Eyes. So this is a fun I movie. I don't even remember Snake Eyes. It's about a political assassination in a casino, and it has the gimmick that it's in real time. So the movie's 90 minutes long, and it happens over 90 minutes. Okay. So you're in and out of there. Like it. But uh, Nicolas Cage as Detective Rick Santoro... Oh, I think at this point Nicolas Cage knew where his career was going, but he's still... <laughs> he's leaning into it. Yeah, he was still... Uh, you know, A-lister at this point. And man, like he is coming in here from minute one. He is just sashaying over the entire screen. It basically starts with a 10 minute tracking shot of Nicolas Cage just walking around a arena being doing criminal cop stuff and just being on 13 out of 10. The movie is fun just to watch for his his performance alone. Usually is with him. I mean, Gary Sinise is in here. Carla Gugino's in here. So they have some other good character actors in this movie, but it's just Nicolas Cage vamping all over this entire movie. Isn't he wearing like a snakeskin coat or he something? He is wearing a snakeskin coat. <laughs> from the cover. His cop is super corrupt. He's <laughs> all about taking bribes. Is Every like cheesy um, choice you could think to make if you want to make your character seem like a sleazeball, Nicolas Cage was like, let's do that. That's basically what's <laughs> going like, on. Cool, cool. Oh, but it's so much fun. The gimmick is cool with the time last, but Nicolas Cage is actually good in this movie. Okay. I if you don't it. mind. I mean, I think Nicolas Cage, he this is, can this is 90s pull it together. Nick, 90s Nicolas Cage, everybody. You know what you're getting into. It's going to have a good time. 90s Nicolas Cage, I just always wanted to be with Con Air hair. That's all I ever I want. mean, that's all he needs to do. Yeah, it's let's, pretty let's, good. Get that back. Hope he gets it going again. Um, the next one I have, I think maybe you hate this movie. I'm not sure. But I'm talking about Matt Dillon as Officer John Ryan in Crash. Oh, I hate Crash. So you much. do hate Crash. Terrible, terrible movie. I don't hate Crash. I think Crash is okay. So this is um, writer-director Paul Haggis interview weave several kind of connected stories about race, class, family, gender in LA in the aftermath of 9-11. I think what made Crash kind of stand out is how the movie took the cliched character of the corrupt cop and then they combined it with social commentary and realistic racial conflicts, which I think made that aspect feel kind of real. Um, like it's not just like the bad cop in the movie. He's just like a criminal and he extorts money and brutalizes criminals, which we see a lot. But John Ryan... I mean, is generally just like a bad dude, like in his regular yeah. life. So one example of his racist mentality is when he wrongfully pulls over an African-American couple and sexually assaults the female passenger with like no thought behind it. He's just like, yeah, just does this it. seems hilarious. Um, so it's like sickening to watch him, but it's also fascinating 
Um, and it's really maddening to think, you know, I remember watching this, you know, I, I was still kind of not following the news or knowing what was going on as much. And you're like, well, this is maddening to think that someone in law enforcement could commit these atrocities while they're wearing the badge. And then as time went on, you're like, oh, this sadly is more commonplace than I ever really knew I love you know and that's when it really becomes worse and i think the film resonates more when you're like oh this this has happened in the real world i love the idea that like in whatever year this came out 2000 early 2000s that you were just kind of like who ever thought that there would be bad cops out in the world like it's, doing this kind of stuff well a little and i don't think that that's pure ignorance i mean i think that's how we were brought up to feel you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when I wasn't really following the news, or they don't talk about this stuff a lot. It's not like now where people have yeah. cell phones out and are recording more. That's the only reason that we know all of this stuff that's going on is mostly bystanders recording it. Yeah, I guess my West Side upbringing kind of always kind of had that into the back of it, well, my mind about the police. I guess I, I was in the bad apples camp. Like, oh, there's a couple bad cops, but I didn't realize it was really a whole system that kind of needed to be revamped. Ooh, see, look at that. We are getting to some interesting uh, background dichotomy between me and Michelle here, everybody. See, you're wondering why I'm watching sure. Maniac Cop. I'm a little baby. I grew up in West Seneca. <laughs> um, but I will say the big thing with Crash that people didn't like it was because it won the Academy Award that it didn't deserve. But even the director came out and admitted that they didn't deserve it and it should have went to Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. So at least well, he said that. That's what happens when Scientology takes over. It's it's the same thing with, say, with um, Shakespeare in Love, man. Just, just sometimes when the wrong movie wins and then you find out years later that people are like, yeah, our movie shouldn't have won Best Picture. It's yeah. a bummer when it happens. But it is a bummer when it happens. Especially with a classic like Brokeback. It just... Ugh. So annoying to think about. Yeah, I do love Brokeback. All, All right. right. I've got some, ooh, my last three, ooh. some baddies. What do you got? All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to try to, I'm going to skim through mine real quick so we can get to yours. Uh, 2002's Narc, kind of a forgotten bad cop oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Jason Patrick and Ray Liotta. This is Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta actually trying again. It's yeah. weird to think about. Um, you know, another undercover narcotics uh, movie about corrupt narcotics cops taking money and then a guy who wants to come in and break that all up by being kind of like a informer for the police as a cop. So like a snitch for the police mm -hmm. on the police. It's actually a surprisingly good movie. And it's one of those ones that came out. People really talked about it. And then, you know, it was a big thing for a little while and then just kind of disappeared into the ether. Now it's like we see it come on. You're like, oh, narc. I remember that movie being good. I just don't remember why. Yeah. So get it back into the consciousness, everybody. Go check that one Side out. Side note of Ray Liotta, did you watch that uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High uh, table read um, that oh, he was a part of? No, I heard Shia LaBeouf's in it, and you know my aversion to Shia LaBeouf. You're so wrong on that. I will stand by. He's the best, and someday mm. you'll come around. Maybe. He'll be, he's like... Um, Robert Pattinson level. Well, 100%. Once he becomes a good actor like Robert Pattinson, oh we can God. discuss it. Oh, my God. You're ignorant. Keep going. <laughs> so wrong. Okay, about Shia. No, no, we're, okay, we're Shia episode in the future okay. for sure. We're going to talk about all three seasons of Even Stevens because that's pretty much his <laughs> big thing. Want to talk about those Transformers movies, Michelle? We'll get right on it. Okay. So, anyways, enough Shia LaBeouf bashing. Uh, also, Triple Nine, another action thriller that people kind of forgot about starring Anthony Mackie and. Casey Affleck, remember him? Also, remember when Aaron Paul was in movies? Jeez. I don't know what this movie is. No. It's another one where it's like Atlanta, um, cops pay, getting paid by criminals, criminals doing, um, trying to stop cops. Okay. It's, it's actually a pretty good 
action thriller. I get why nobody remembers it. It didn't make any money. But if you're looking for a movie about bad cops and want to get some action in it, it's one to go check out. So that's all. Like, I got Prince of the City from 1981. Who's uh, going a, back that far? Yeah, Cindy Lummet movie. Yeah. You know, I got recommended that by a police officer. Well, so. you're going to love these last three films. I know that you do. So, OK, here we we're going to talk about James Cromwell as Captain Dudley Smith in L.A. Confidential. Never trust a man named Dudley. <laughs> that kind of makes sense. This is about three policemen, each with his own motives and obsessions, tackle corruption surrounding an unsolved murder at a downtown L.A. coffee shop in the early 1950s. It's the premise of the film. And... What is great is that it is so easy to let James Cromwell's real folksy demeanor and grandfatherly nature fool you, Mm -hmm. which is why he was cast, um, because what they wanted, first of all, they wanted the kind of role like that people wouldn't expect. And like, so the James Cromwell one was perfect because he, I mean, after seeing him in Babe, you assumed he's going to be the hero of the film. Yeah, like the guy from the pig movie? Like, no way he's the bad guy. And he plays one of the filthiest cops in all of LA Confidential. So he's Captain Dudley Smith and just channeling his inner sleazeball to play a cop that has a stranglehold on LA's drug trade. Um, he, uh, He Spoiler alert for LA Confidential, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> it's from 1997. I don't put spoilers on a 21-year-old movie. Yeah. He implores young officers to employ as much violence and brutality as they need to to get things done. And what makes him so devious in the role, again, like, last person you expect, even when you're watching him do bad. I'm like, are you sure, James Cromwell, that you want to be bad? That that will not do, James Cromwell. And even in the film, it's shocking because he keeps up his appearance in public as this undying crusader of justice. But, of yeah, course. Yeah, that's a real third act reveal, that one. Like, I remember really enjoying finding that out because I didn't see it coming when I originally watched it. Of course, because it's James Cromwell. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- this film is just like the ultimate modern take on the film, like, film noir i really love it so i think this is a fabulous movie this is a great film i also love that so guy pierce did like a cop ride along talk about underrated actors by the way we'll do a guy pierce cast one day he's never in anything anymore but he hated his ride around his ride along because he said his cop was super racist (laughs) so that's really sad but you know he said that he got more from 1950s police training films um to kind of help with like the rigid stiffness and things like that that he brought to the character. I, I, I love the idea that he thought by being in the car with a racist cop that was going to somehow not make him better at playing a detective well, from the fi- from that the that wasn't like what his character. No, no, but I mean about. like so he's like this is not helpful. Maybe if I was playing a different character, well, it would have been helpful because he w- his disdain for the other cop should have showed up in his character work in the movie. See. I'm, I'm telling him how to act. Guy Pierce, call me up. I'm helping you out I here. I don't down. think any of that is accurate. Okay, next one. This one I think is your fave. Gary Oldman is Norman Stansfield in Lyon, the oh, professional. I love that movie so much. I thought he won an Oscar for that movie for years. Like that's I don't how know that's how a high he esteem. Didn't just the way he would bite into those weird pills. Oh my god! Do that thing with his head, and you're like, "What's happening?" So always this, looks sweaty and greasy the entire movie. So much so. So in case you haven't seen this film from 1994, this is um, an 11 year old girl who's Natalie Portman, which is amazing. Well, let your mind wrap around that one. Yeah, and her family is murdered by a crooked DEA agent. And we're talking is, next level shotgun murders. Here, yeah, people. and that's Gary Oldman's character. So she joins forces. 
with a reluctant hitman, Leon, to learn his deadly cra- trade because she wants to avenge her family's death, which is amazing at like 11 years old. Yeah, b- pretty great little plot there. And, you know, he learns to be a better person. Uh, oh, it's an all, all in all. Somehow, like, it ends up being like a really touching film like it's stylish it's disturbing but yeah it's weirdly moving such a good action movie like the action scenes are off the chart in this movie oh totally and i would also say that out of all of the cops on our list um he's the most clinically insane i think that's pretty pretty easily (laughs) yeah he's super unhinged it is one of the most memorable roles of gary oldman's career this is why he's considered one of the best actors i don't know why he's not in so much more stuff he must just be choosy he's got to be because if you can get gary oldman in your movie you're just going to be like yes i'm going to do that yeah put him in there so his character's really big in the drug trade i mean he doesn't just sell drugs but he's just gleefully taking them gunning down anyone who crosses him so yeah he's a sophisticated killer too because he's simultaneously terrifying but charming yeah it's it's one of those weird performances where this is exactly what Nicolas cage tries to do with his roles of going manic and freaking out correct gary oldman pulls it off that actually does it that's actually a really good description of that and you know do you remember the scene because i know you know the movie well in which stansfield is talking about his appreciation of beethoven Mm -hmm. to matilda's father Mm -hmm. and it's like totally unhinged that was completely improvised which it's fabulous. That's yeah, why he get... gave like a different story every time and they were all really like put off and like creeped out by him. Yeah, I mean, that's like a that's the same thing like Heath Ledger did in The Joker. Like if you get the actor who's really into his role and you get a good one, just let him riff, man. Let him feel the character and go. And I think a lot of people have compared Heath Ledger's Joker to this Gary Oldman character. Like, did he study this film before he did it? Because you get a lot of the same I vibe. It. I could see that for sure. Oh, I got to go watch The Professional. I haven't watched it in forever. Yeah, I'm actually going to rewatch it too. Um, And then the last one, and this one, super bad, but I thought would be the Super most... bad? What a weird choice. I guess Seth Rogen and <laughs> Bill Hader? Okay, well. I'm a loser. <laughs> but I thought this would be the most recognizable to people, which is Matt Damon as Colin Matt Sullivan Damon. in The Departed. Oh, oh, The Departed. I love that movie so much. You do. I actually you just love watched the original like, film, too. I, I do. I actually just watched Departed like two months ago. I'm okay. also going to be rewatching that. My sister went through a phase where she watched it like once a week because she just felt like it was the hottest Leonardo DiCaprio movie of all. And she was like, I can't stop watching really? it. I, I always so thought lot. DiCaprio was a little doughy in that movie. I don't know. She's like, and he gained um, 15 pounds of muscle for that movie. Yeah, you could tell, man. So that's he was pretty... looking a little, little thicker in that one. So, yeah, this Martin Scorsese, modern masterpiece of the cop drama genre for, for sure. Um, we've got Deceit, Backstabbing. Um, a one movie, complicated plot, too. Complicated plot, and it shows that no one truly exists in a black and white world. True. That we're all painted with shades of gray, which you like to see in a film. Um but no character exhibits that more than Matt Damon's character. So Colin Sullivan. So he's a member of Boston's Special Investigations Unit, but it is revealed. It's not a spoiler. Yeah, not that a spoiler. Damon people. isn't working for Law and Order, but he's the inside man for in, um, an infamous mobster, Frank Costello, who's played by Jack Nicholson. Um, fabulous. Like probably like the last really big memorable jack nicholson role that actually that might be accurate his so his job with the gangsters is to tip costello off on any police action that might be against him and then he keeps foiling all of these like sting operations leonardo dicaprio is a good cop in the film but he's pretending to be a gangster that's a crazy (laughs) um but you hate him 
so much by the end of the movie that that's how you know it's a great performance. Oh, you, because you can't I'm like, stand him. Oh, I can't stand him. I want to like rip his face off. So that is great. The film, thoroughly engrossing. It's a gritty gangster drama. I can't recommend The Departed enough if you haven't seen it. And it comes full circle, everybody, because this one is actually based on a real um, story. Because Whitey Bulger is the inspiration for the Jack Nicholson character, and Correct. he had an ongoing relationship with the FBI where they kind of sort of sanctioned his murder and crime. You know what's really funny about that, though? So the Whitey Bulger thing, he always had a, a, reg, a Red Sox cap that was like a, a Whitey Bulger staple, and Jack Nicholson refused to wear one. Which I love. Because he hates them so he hates Boston sports teams so much because it goes back to like the Lakers, the Lakers and the yeah. rivalry with the Celtics. You, so you can underplay that all you want. Nicholson's a big part of the Lakers. So he just man. wouldn't. So he wears like a Yankees hat. That's the best. <laughs> he See, just couldn't just, do it. Just when I think I can't like Jack Nicholson more, he's just like, nope, Boston don't care. Also, Mark Wahlberg, who is not one of my favorite people at all, is so... Mm-hmm. Good in this movie. And he based his performance, he said, on police officers who arrested him about two dozen times in his youth. <laughs> oh, you mean for all of his uh, racist beating up of minorities, which we are. Wait, is that is that correct? He blinded a Vietnamese guy while he was yelling uh, Asian slurs. At oh, him. let's move these away are, these from are that. Facts oh, about see, I hate learning things. Learning things has been the worst. You, you wonder why I'm so jaded, Michelle. It's all this horrible <sighs> knowledge I have stuck. All in my right. Brain. Moving. Still watch the <laughs> Departed. Don't watch it for Mark wah, Wahlberg. Watch wah. it for Matt Damon, Leo DiCaprio. Um, oh my God, why? Vera Farmiga, man. That's, that's where I began my oh, yeah. partial obsession with. She's her. great. But anyway, we're done. We're out of time. Plug us up, guys. Everything that we talked about here on All Booked Up is available at your local library. We have 37 branches all over Erie County. Stop on by, ask if we got it. If we don't have it in, we'll get it for you. Don't forget to also visit our website, www.buffalolib.org. You can make orders online, check your account, all that good stuff. We also have some online learning things since everybody's still sort of in quarantine at the moment. Yeah. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at All Booked Up Pod. Come have uh, see what kind of shenanigans we're up to. I'm not up to a lot of shenanigans. Mostly I'm just well, sad you're, when you're, I go on Twitter because yeah, everything de- is dark. Yeah, you're kind of <laughs> depressed at the moment when it comes to the Twitter. Um, Don't come to mine because there's nothing but darkness and gloom there. Okay, speaking of darkness, I like to end every show with facts. Um, as a librarian, that's really important to me. It's not about opinion. I would just like to say that right off the bat. This is about facts. I just like people to have proper information. You hear a lot right now about defund the police. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are are asking why that. So I have some statistics that kind of explain why there are so many people out marching in your neighborhoods if you're not sure. So that's what I'm doing here. That's what we got, people. So... No matter how you look at it, the American criminal justice system is riddled with biases. So the Washington Post, um, they cataloged that black people are nearly twice as likely to be pulled over and more likely to be searched once they're stopped, even though they are less likely to have contraband than white people. Which, that's That's, that's an annoying statistic. And that unarmed black people are more than three times as likely to be shot by police than unarmed white people. So that that is step one of that. Now, in 2019, USA Today led a national effort 
to publish disciplinary records for police officers. So at least 85,000 law enforcement officers across the USA have been investigated or disciplined for misconduct over the past decade. And this investigation by USA Today found that most misconduct involves routine infractions, but the records reveal tens of thousands of cases of serious misconduct and abuse. There were over 22,000 investigations of officers using excessive force, over 3,000 allegations of rape, child molestation, and sexual misconduct, and over 2,000 cases of domestic violence. Again, this is just why people are out. There has to be some sort of change in that. Um, There's documented over 2,000 instances of perjury, tampering with evidence, um, or witness falsifying reports. There were about 500 reports of officers obstructing investigations when someone they know is the target. And the biggest thing with all this is that less than 10% of officers in most police forces get investigated for this misconduct. So I think a lot of people are asking that these records are public, that Mm -hmm. people are punished for their actions. So... Something, yeah. something to chew about, everybody. The an- the estimated annual cost of police misconduct to taxpayers is $1.8 billion. Something to keep in mind also. Um, so, yeah, if you have any more questions about those things, please always visit your library. We'll be happy to find more facts for you. And, yeah, we hope that you enjoyed the episode and <laughs> enjoy your baddie week there. And, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Bye.